recognize us? Is it Coldplay? Good for you. Yeah. Sounds like Coldplay meets um, Zero Seven. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hear what you're saying. Like some ambient artist or... Yeah. I just remember uh, liking this song a lot, but thinking it was so different than anything that they had been doing. When did this come out? Oh, God. Uh, not 10 years ago. Let me see. It was from Ghost Stories, the album. That was 2015. Uh, 2014. In fact, there weren't a lot of songs that I had liked on this album, but this one I thought was really cool. This is like probably one of the last songs I really like was into. Everything else was just okay. It sounds after. very similar to that song uh, Waiting in the Line or whatever. Uh, you like this, Mondas? You're not a big Coldplay guy. Uh, never heard it before. Um, it's interesting. It's ambient. Yeah. Does it go anywhere? Or it stays uh, here? I mean, yeah, it does. I'll play. I'll fast forward a little bit here. It gets into this whole thing like... There's like, you know, I, if you're on your boat and the, the visuals are amazing, I, yeah. I don't need the music to be doing too much. It's like soundtrack music, yeah. essentially. This is like totally soundtrack music. If I'm doing something cool, it just like heightens the experience. But even now. What's it called? It's called Midnight. I like it. Might add it to a playlist. This is a good build up. Now you could get into a bit of a drop, eh? Pull out the glow sticks. Yeah. <laughs> Got a little ravey vibe to it. Anyway. I dig it. I was listening to it over the weekend and I was like, oh god, I haven't heard this song in a while. I bet you these guys wouldn't figure out who it is. <laughs> and he did. Well, Chris Martin has pretty distinct sound. Yeah, I didn't think it sounded like Chris Martin though. There. Because it's all layered and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, welcome to another podcast. What are you doing? Is it weird of me to want to talk about an old washer and dryer on this podcast? <laughs> you know, how I had like a, like an old school washer and dryer at our cabin in the woods. And um, we replaced them with newer ones that we got off Kijiji. And they've been sitting in the garage forever. And they're so heavy. Like the dryer, not so much, but the washer is like unbearably heavy. Well, they have to be weighted, right? Because uh, if they're not weighted, the things oh. would be like bouncing around when they do the spin cycle. Good point. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. So heavy. So I'm like, how are we going to get this on the back of the truck and then get it to the dump? And The thing was leaking too. So it wasn't like... Oh yeah. There's always water trapped somewhere and you start <laughs> moving it, that water finds its way out. Yeah. Yeah. Always. But yeah. it was leaking every time we did a load. So uh, it's not like I wanted to sell it or anything. But then I thought, you know... I'm just going to post this for free on Kijiji. And maybe there's an old repairman who would want it or something like that. Yeah. I'm on Kijiji all the time. This is the biggest thing. Like I got the biggest reaction on the Kijiji post. I, sat, I remember turning to Matt being like, the ad's blowing up. It's blowing up. Like I couldn't respond to people quick enough. Because they wanted a free washer. Free washer and dryer. Come get it. And I, I literally had to be like gone pending pickup, which I never do because I was my inbox was getting flooded. And it just made me wonder, 
because most of the people that were coming for it were scrap metal guys. Yeah. Who were uh, like, they had ads of their own on Kijiji, like, I collect scrap metal, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, how much money are these suckers worth if this thing is blowing up? I know. I see these trucks on garbage day in my neighborhood. Yes. And they're like pickup trucks that have a, they've almost built frames around the, mm. uh, so they can dump tons of stuff mm. in the back of the, uh, what do you call that uh, section? The, the bed. Cab? The bed. I don't know. So oh, the cab's have, the front. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're, they have a, like fencing around the bed so they can dump just scrap metal. And I often wonder that too. Like, wait, where are they bringing this and how much money and mm-hmm. is it worth all that effort? But I, it must be. Yeah. And do they, do they melt it down or do they take it to somebody else oh, who melts they, they it down? They take it to somebody else, I'm sure. Well, because it all has to be broken apart, right? You have to separate because inside that washer and dryer, you'd have gaskets, you'd have rubber, you'd have all these different materials oh, in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah. somebody's got to break it apart and then they got to put all the scrap metal in a pile and all the other garbage in another one. So it, there's labor involved in that. I mean, people do that with old um, computers and television stuff. They extract all the precious metals that are used to make all the the motherboards and stuff. There's uh-huh. gold in there sometimes. There? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. But, you know, like for most people, the effort is not worth, uh, you know, like the, the payoff isn't worth the effort. Mm-hmm. Unless yeah. you do it enough and you're good at it maybe or have you, you have the right equipment to just break it down easy. The guy who showed up yeah. was such a pro and he was just the first one who, who messaged me. Um, I was like, oh God, we're probably going to have to load, help him load this thing in the back. He had a dolly. He did it all by himself. And on behind his car, he had like a, um, a trailer and it was filled with like six other washer and dryers. Yeah. So he's just going around making people stay and left over in our cabin. Like when the people left, they left behind a bunch of like duct work that had never been installed. Okay. Just the metal just part of the piles silver. Piles of silver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Metal. So I'm like, do you want this stuff? And he's like, I, tra- I think he was trying to pretend that it wasn't a big deal. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess I could take that you off your head. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> But yeah. meanwhile, inside, he's like, yeah, score, double score. Duck work. <laughs> I get times two. But then I'm like, well, how much is this stuff worth? You, you know? know, why didn't you just ask him? Say, look, I, I'm happy for you to take this. I'm just curious, though. What kind of, you know, what, how What's much do you return? make? the return? Yeah. Well, you got to figure the guy's time and then just having to lift the thing. Like, if you wanted to pay me to come alone to lift a wash. <laughs> and move it within your house I would want to charge you you know a couple hundred bucks totally to do that and then potentially totally. throw on my back so this guy's got to do all that and then he's got to bring it somewhere yeah do you think he makes a hundred dollars off that washer I can't even think it would be that much I have no idea I googled it hold on yeah scrap metal value is a washing machine okay what yeah how to scrap oh this is how to scrap it this is giving you a step-by-step, the scrapper's way, it says. I should have looked at this. So, yeah, yeah you got to take that sucker all apart. Yeah. Uh, you got to have the equipment to do that easily. Otherwise, I mean, it, you know, if I did it in my backyard, it'd probably take me all day to take apart a washer. Here we go. Very common scrap scrapping item is a washing machine. It will weigh anywhere from 125 to 300 pounds. With the current price, uh, you can get anywhere from $5 to $12. That's not very much. But I guess if you're picking them up for free and you've got them down to a science, you maybe can make a hundred bucks a day. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't, I think there's other jobs I'd rather work minimum wage for than like lifting heavy pieces of metal. (laughs) Yeah, but that would, the lifting was not an issue for him. 
he like had it to, down to a science yeah. with the dolly. Just like, I wonder if it becomes like a hobby at one point, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah, but maybe with frequency, you make it up. Like it's sort of, uh, I, I think the same thing about Uber Eats uh, drivers, you know, like, um, yes, they're picking up one order at a restaurant, bringing it all the way to your house. But if you do it enough times, I guess you make some money. I was actually thinking that would be like kind of a, a fun hobby job is mm-hmm. to do it on one of those electric bikes or on your regular bike, just in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You do like Uber Eats deliveries. You go work a couple hours during the rush. Yeah. And it, I mean, I know what I tip these drivers now, you know, th- through the entire pandemic, if someone's picking an, up an order that costs like, say, 50 bucks or more, I'm generally giving them 10% or yes, more. Yes, me too. So it's like 10 bucks. Yes. A trip. You do that maybe, you know. A couple hours a day. Four times an Well, maybe, I don't know. You could probably do three times an hour. You get 30 bucks there plus whatever the fee is for, for you make. You know, some fun money. My buddy was uh, doing that with his car. He had a nice car. Yeah. And he was doing like Uber Black. Uh, just during like the rush hour if he had some time, you know? Yeah, go make like a hundred bucks or Why something. Why not? Take a couple people around. Just like he, I think you can pick and choose. So he would just choose people in his neighborhood and in his core. Like if he was working downtown, he'd do it downtown. And uh, you know. I'm sure Uber Eats uh, or Uber drivers hear this and they roll their eyes and hate people like your friend who does it for an hour. Because there's people who are trying to, you know, make a living doing this. Right. And they have to starve through the hours where no one's booking cars yes. or meals. And then they get the rush and then everyone just jumps in there for two hours <laughs> and is like all of a sudden peeling money away from them. You should do like uh, Corvette Uber rides. Never. <laughs> Never. Well, they'd have to sit in the front seat with you, yeah, which yeah, would be yeah, a bit yeah, awkward. Yeah, yeah. I don't like people <laughs> enough. Singles only. Singles only. <laughs> Even if it wasn't wear and tear on your car. Like if you had, um, let's say you just happen to have a brand new Honda Civic four-door, okay? Or Toyota Corolla. Those seem to be like the go-to vehicles for Uber and Lyft drivers. Does Lyft even exist now? I don't even know. But anyway. I think it does. Could you do that, Bunnis, or you just don't like people enough to have them in uh, in a car with you? Assuming I, the car uh, would be fine. I, I can't imagine anything like worse than being around people that I don't want to be around all day long. Like, that is my worst nightmare. Oh I, my I, God, that's the truth right there. Like, and it's, and it's, it's, it's not even so much that like they would like even if we're not talking it's just being around people that i don't know makes me uncomfortable i'm more of an introvert Mm -hmm. and that's i know that i like i talk on a radio used to be in a band but like that stuff for me is like i come in i know what i'm doing and i'm trying to put a character out there and do a show or whatever it is i'm doing the moment i get out of that it's like i just want to be left alone i don't want to talk to people i don't want to be around people i'm very i'm not i'm not really well around people i've I've always found it very awkward that's why you need a boat man you need a boat (laughs) perfect way to get away from people the only people you have to talk to is like whoever's on the boat and you invited them there yeah you yeah. would be a good boat guy. I can see it. I, I swear by this. If Bundes, I, I'm going <laughs> to, it's probably too late for this summer. I got to have you out to a thousand islands for like a night. You know, maybe you bring your Friday night lady friend out or something and just give you like a taste of that world. And I think you would love it. I really do think you'd love it. Even though it's not a cigarette boat and it's not Miami yeah, no. and it's like a shorter <laughs> season. I think he'd prefer to be in the Toronto Harbor, to be honest with you. Yeah, maybe. But seeing I, the vibe and I everything. Remember we were on your boat last summer and like that party boat went by and there was those girls dancing in bikinis on the, the hood of the boat. That sounds all right. Yeah, yeah. That's a different, that's a, that's a fun scene, but it's a different scene. Different yeah. scene. A little bit of everything is nice. Yeah. You get like some serenity. You like serenity too, don't you? Totally. You spend a lot of time alone. So 
What? Yeah, I'm sure it would be great. It's not a matter of would I like it or not. I'm sure I would love it. It's a matter of uh, finances and just Sell like, your Corvette. Mm. You could buy a boat for that. It would almost be like you'd come out even at the end of it. Although you got to pay for the, the, the carrying costs of like... How much do you think you could get for that Corvette? 20 G's or so? Probably a little bit more, actually. Yeah, okay. Bundus! If you thought you if you thought you could come up with thirty grand to buy a boat and you can finance them, right? You don't have to have all the cash up front. Yeah. And then uh, you could find a place to keep it for like probably a little less than three grand a year. But that's your vacation. That's everything. Like you, you spend all you know, you spend some holidays on it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's anyway. not sold. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we need a raise first and it, then maybe we'll talk about it. It is yeah, like, yeah. it is that thing you can only enjoy like barely half of the year. It, it's a short season. Yeah. yeah. Some people, that's why I use it every weekend, my boat. Mm-hmm. Every weekend from basically, you know, June to end of September. Because after that, you're on like, you're a, the boat's on land for half the year. And for two other other months that it's in the water, it's not really that pleasant to be out using it. <laughs> right. You know, it's like you got to, yeah, you got to get a nice day. You know, Thanksgiving could be 20 degrees and sunny. It could be four, you know, you never know. Um, anyway, this podcast, let me tell you something. We didn't learn much, did we? We didn't learn much. <laughs> we learned that uh, selling scrap for uh, for money is not that profitable. But I'll tell you something. If you've got an old set in your garage going, and you're thinking like, well, how, how am I going to get these out of here? Just post them for free, and that ad will blow up. Yeah. Come and take them away. Daily Take Two is coming up. Yeah, I almost want to just keep listening to this song. I dig it, man. I'm going to add it to a playlist. Are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I want to hear like a dance remix. (laughs) Thanks for listening and uh, always appreciate your support. finds it harder to quit smoking there's actually one sex that finds it more difficult women find it harder to quit guys okay is there something physiological that is uh, or is it just a fluky thing well, it's the way that we look at the cigarette women look at the cigarette more like a friend <laughs> like it's an emotional connection it's connected to me time Whereas guys are just having a butt outside for that nicotine hit. It's not like, this is my friend. This, this break. You know, this- you know who never talks back to me and always <laughs> listens to my extra long stories? My cigarettes. They, exactly. they hear everything. They understand me. Yes. My husband is like in one ear, out the other. Yes. My we are more gets it. connected to our cigarette emotionally than you are. You see it more as a thing. We see it more as a, like a friend. Is that not crazy? When men decide to quit, they often take a more like practical, pragmatic view. They just decide they're going to quit and they go for it. Whereas women, there's more emotions tied into the whole quitting thing. And, and because we see it as a friend and because it's connected to me time, it's really hard 
to put the smokes down. The average number of cigarettes for people who smoke daily is 23 for women and 27 for men. Yeah, but, I, I used to, when I smoked regularly, I would smoke about a pack and a half a oh, day. Oh, I yeah. believe that. Yeah. Just uh, seeing what how often you hit your vape. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, like you, you crush your vape more than I've ever seen anyone crush a vape before. Yeah. So you're a, you have a heavy addiction to nicotine. Nicotine, love it. It's my best friend. Yeah. And do you always hit it right after a meal? I hit it he all hits the time. It, he hits it during a meal. <laughs> I, yeah. Bundus, Bundus is a stealth vapor. Yeah. He can vape, and he's not that guy on the street where they're like, and you see this giant cloud forming over their head, and you're like, oh my God, look at the pollution there. <laughs> he vapes, and he holds it in so long that the vapor just disappears. disappears. His lungs are a disaster, <laughs> guaranteed. I would hate to see what's going on in there. Me too. Do you think you'll yeah. ever quit? I don't know. Do you always have a vape and cigarettes on you? No, no, I don't. I don't normally have cigarettes. On oh, you. okay. But sometimes you want. Sometimes How many times do you refill your vape in a day? Like three? Yeah, I'd say about three or four yeah, times. That's a lot. Yeah. Sounds like it's a friend to you too. <laughs> no, no, no. It's that, that crazy addiction. Is it, what yeah, it is. it's it's a habit. It's just the habit of constantly putting something to your mouth and feeling yes. the sensation of like that that going into your lungs and kind of that calming sensation. I just really like that feeling. Yeah, it's not so much that it's emotionally connected. It's just it's always okay. So it's let me let me break that down for you, Mora, from like a, a a more like scientific. It's he's taking his body out of withdrawal every time he hits that yeah. vape, and because he uses so much nicotine he's like almost constantly in withdrawal yeah it's like you know that was how it was explained to me when i quit smoking and which helped me you know really like set me on the right path of course i took drugs as well that helped mm-hmm. but did the you? Mu- i didn't yeah. know you did oh, that yeah. i did like the zyban when that first came on the scene oh it was the thought that like the only enjoyment you're getting out of smoking is you're taking your body out of withdrawal right and if you're trying to quit and say you go a week without having a smoke and then you're like oh at the end of the week you're like i'm gonna have half a cigarette and have a little cheat mm-hmm. it's like you're putting your you, you're erasing all the good that you did that oh, week God. it'd be like a heroin addict coming up to you and saying you know what i'm gonna do a quarter of a needle today right and you're right back into it yeah so you have to break that cycle and so yeah Bundes's enjoyment comes from taking his body out of withdrawal mm-hmm. and then the other like habit you know yeah. the, the emotional connection you have to your vape it's like a teddy bear and all that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah. that's a whole other thing teddy bear. well you know it's, it's, it's always it. in your hand yeah 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 even if you're not hitting it it's in your hand yeah, right it's, now it's like that comforting it's, feeling it's in your hand it's always in his hand We got a couple of texts from people who are smoking or who've quit smoking. Brad says, I'm 12 and a half years smoke free and my wife still smokes. I wish she could quit, but she just enjoys it so much. My dad used to say, who eventually quit smoking uh, the year I got married, but he used to say nothing gives him pleasure more times a day than smoking. There's nothing in his life that will (laughs) give him a shot of pleasure you know, 25 plus times a day. <laughs> like, what do you do in your day that you get pleasure from, you know, eating or a little exercise or whatever, but yeah. it's like not 25 times. Right. The other day we were, we were on the 401 and we stopped at like McDonald's and my husband, Matt dips, which is like chewing tobacco essentially. And he had stopped at a gas station to get some, but in the process of getting back in the car, he lost the can and just seeing him r- rip through the car like panic trying to find the can <laughs> as we're driving down the 401 because now he's digesting right he needed that 
hit. I'm, I'm like, sure. <laughs> I'm sure Bonus can relate to that. Like, how many times did you tear through your condo or your house, whatever, looking for like oxy? Uh, you know, when you thought you had like a pill somewhere, or you dropped one, you couldn't find uh, it, or wait, it was your last one. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't even want to remember that stuff because it's awful. Yeah, that like to see yourself in that moment would like it'd probably be like a nice sobering thing to see because it would be a reminder of just how awful that addiction is. Uh, just thinking about it, man. Like you know. Like, it's like having the most beautiful girlfriend in the world who goes to sleep with you every night. And then when you wake up in the morning, she's gone. And you spend the entire day roaming the streets around looking for her. Aww. Just trying to... Like, that's what it's like every single day. Like, just it, it's awful. It's awful. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, so your husband tearing through the car. I know it's here somewhere. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. whatever. It's rem- like a smaller scale version of what, you know. It reminds is. me of a story that Michael Keaton told me on the set of RoboCop, who also... Can I just say, though, you've done a pretty good job in the last month of not bringing up RoboCop. Like, I feel like we haven't dove too deep into it in a while. But anyway... This was a one-on-one conversation on. that I had with Michael Keaton. Okay. About his nicotine addiction. Do you want to hear it or not? Bunnis? <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. Okay, sure. <laughs> so he used to dip as well. He said he quit when he found himself ripping through his garbage. This is a Hollywood A-lister. And he was on his hands and knees in the kitchen, going through his garbage, trying to find an old tin that might still have some remnants of dip in it because he couldn't leave the place for some reason and couldn't get out and go get a you know go get it in time. Mm. He said, "That's when I realized, like, what am I doing? I'm so such a slave to this." Yeah, and that's when he quit. Well, I, you know, when I smoked, I didn't have tons of dough. I mean, if you, you would light old cigarettes up that were in your ashtray, sometimes, right? That was well, like so maybe expensive. you put it out a bit early, and you're like, "Oh, there's a little bit left on that one." Yeah, like for me. It was money it was like i just saw my bank account constantly being depleted right um to try and support a habit and and you don't like that's that's probably the biggest factor with most people is like you don't realize you have an addiction until you're broke right right you can't support that habit oh gotcha or your life is just going downhill yeah you know maybe you can still afford it like a hollywood a-lister can afford to be on coke for years right but it's when their life is a disaster as a result of it yeah well Dark start to the show, guys. <laughs> well, it's real talk here, okay? Real talk. We talk about toilets. We talk about drug addiction. We We're talk about bidets. And real. And we talk a lot about RoboCop. <laughs> there is a viral challenge right now that is so dangerous. TikTok is deleting the videos of people doing it, removing the hashtag. Have you seen... The milk crate challenge. I want to try it. I think I can do it. (laughs) Give me enough milk crates. I think I could probably pull it off. I have tons of milk crates. Tons. Yeah, yeah. Well, you need to have, what, uh, seven at the peak of the... uh, So what you do is, like, you stack milk crates in a set of stairs. Like a pyramid, almost. And then going back down. And in the middle of the pyramid, at the highest point... You would have, I think, seven milk crates, mm-hmm. and it just gets to be impossible to stand on them, even though they kind of interconnect with each other. Barely, barely interconnect. Yeah, it's like the majority of people fall, and I'm not talking yeah. about little falls. It's like 
epic wipeout falls. Then you land on hard plastic with like all kinds of corners. And, and you uh, usually yeah. land on your back. Oh. People are breaking ribs, yeah. breaking tons of different bones. I mean... It doesn't look like uh, the couple that I watched this morning. I'm surprised that people didn't walk away paralyzed with these falls, you know, smack in the middle of their back. I saw a guy do it the other day, though, in front of um, there had to have been 40 people there. (laughs) People were kind of scattered around this person doing it and they almost bailed, but they made it down and people went nuts. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. It's great. I know. It's usually a crowd, eh? Like they're also saying you go by any park now and you're going to see a bunch of milk crates and a crowd. And it's just something that TikTok is now saying like, you know, they're, they've banned it. They, they're taking down your video. There's no point in posting it. They're removing the hashtags. They do not support stunts where people could really injure themselves to that level. And you know what? Um, there's actually like health officials that are saying with COVID-19 hospitalizations, you know, rising, you should really check with your local hospital to see if they even have a bed available for you before attempting <laughs> the milk crate challenge, because that's probably where you're going to end up. Funny, because, you know, some people think like a pandemic, like what we're going through is the earth trying to keep the population in check. And people say that about like disease and and mm-hmm. natural disaster. Mm-hmm. I think TikTok was set up to keep population <laughs> in check, you know? It's just, it's one more bad idea after another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This I have could... no urge to try this. I have no urge. I think I could pull it off if there was a safe way to do it. Maybe in a rock climbing gym you or something. You totally want to do this. I do, because I, I, I think of myself as pretty good with balance and stuff. Nimble? Like, and nimble. Ah, yeah. Yeah, well, see, that's the problem. You're like, oh, I bet I could do that. I just watched I a know, video of I a know. woman doing it in high heels because she wanted to take it to the next level. And did she do it? Yeah, she actually yeah, did. <laughs> it's terrible, though. Don't try it. Tucker and Mora, along with Professor Bundis, a bunch of people were asked... If they had the chance to relive their childhood, specifically the years between uh, age 7 and 10, do you think the majority of people said that they would go back and relive those years? 7 to 10. Do you get to have the confidence that we have now? No, no, no. No, no. You're just going back to that time. It's not like, oh, if I knew then what I know now, I'd be like slaying it in grade three with all the chicks. You know, you just got to talk to them and listen, you know? Yeah. I just remember I had in grade five, I had a teacher who called me up to the blackboard and asked me to write the number five down on the blackboard. Yeah. And I felt like really special about that. What he was actually doing was showing the class the wrong way to write the number five. <laughs> Can you he believe you this guy? Fail? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, he yeah. knew like, you were going to fail. I think he and hated me. And he's like, me. oh, let's get Mora. Mora, why don't you go up and show everybody what number five looks like? <laughs> so you know how I did number five? How did you do five? Well, I started at the top and came down and drew it down. But what you're supposed to do is start, I guess, not at that top part, but just come down and then you finish with the hat. I so, don't do that now. Yeah, like I kind of almost would write it like an S, I guess. Yeah. And he, that was wrong, apparently. I do, I do top and then down and then I do the little whoop. Same teacher, we had like a Christmas show that we were doing that I auditioned for. And you know how much I would have wanted to be in the Christmas show. We were doing Rudolph. I auditioned to be Rudolph. He, in class, announced everybody who got to leave class to go work on the play that got a role mm-hmm. and specifically did not mention 
who was going to be playing Rudolph. My name was never brought up. So class resumes. Everyone leaves. I'm s- devastated on the inside. You didn't I'm, make it. I'm borderline like about to cry. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, yeah. And Mora, <laughs> you can go too. You're going to play Rudolph. Like he delayed telling me to oh. see me fall. And looking back now, I'm like, man. Yes, that's psychological warfare. Yes. So do I want to go back to that age? No, I do not. Yeah, that's a bad experience. Bad experience right there. Yeah. Oh, man. Ever since then, I've had to write my fives differently. I'm like, I must be doing something wrong. <laughs> Scarred. Scarred. Okay, well, majority of people said, yeah, they'd love to relive their childhood between the ages of seven and 10. They and said yes? Yeah, 55% of people are like, yeah, totally on board with that idea. I mean, I I could think of three years I'd like to relive. It wouldn't be those three years. No. It might be like three university years yes. or something. That was pretty fun. Yes. Uh, but these are the reasons why most people said they would relive those three years. Not having to worry about money. <laughs> Summer break. Christmas is like the best. Christmas is the best. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, your birthday, the best. <laughs> yeah. Not having to work. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Not having aches and pains. You know, you fall off that swing set, you land on your shoulder. It's like, you, oh, I'm hurt. And then, you know, an you're hour fine. later, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. And being really excited about birthdays. The thrill of getting a new toy. And the excitement of hearing the ice cream truck. Yeah, this still, like, rings true for me for, like, 20 to 23. You know, the excitement yeah. of getting Living a new toy new. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thrill of the ice cream truck you know yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like a regular at ben and jerry's for a while I'd walk in they'd be like more <laughs> yeah and the toys changed but still your toy was very exciting <laughs> yeah the world's fastest accelerating roller coaster is in japan and they just had to shut that sucker down because people are breaking bones as this roller coaster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel the need, the need for speed. Oh, yeah. Is this a bit much, though? This ride. Yeah. <laughs> this ride goes from zero to 180 kilometers per hour in 1.56 seconds. Ah, nothing. That's like a jet taking off from a carrier. <laughs> that oh, seems fast, actually. It does seem pretty fast. pretty fast. It's called the Dudu Dampa. Okay. And yeah. riders, at least six of them, sustained bone fractures after riding this thing. Four of them said they broke their neck or their back. Oh, boy. Which is weird because the coaster was built in 2001. So they've brought in some experts here that are evaluating what the hell is going on. This coaster is two decades old. It's been fine up until the last six months. Now people are breaking bones. Is it us? Are we are we are we weaker two decades (laughs) later? You know, well, they believe and this might make you think every time you get on a coaster about how you're sitting. They believe that these roller coaster designs are all approved by government standards. So experts do believe it's not the coaster's fault. It's the way people are sitting once they get in there. If you're sitting incorrectly, like let's say, for example, there's a space between your back and the seat. 
you could get hurt. And it is the responsibility, they say, of the employees that run down that line and check everybody to make sure that you're in a proper seated position. So they're not taking the blame away from the park. They're just saying, like, if your back is a little bit off that backrest, it's one of those ones that has the shoulder bars that go over top yeah, of your head. Yeah. You know, how often do you are you at a theme park and the person just races down and checks everybody for like a fraction of a second before that sucker takes off? Yeah, well, even worse if you're at like a carnival or something. Yeah. You know, one of those pop-up uh, <laughs> rides that they set up for the weekend and yeah. then move off to a different town. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, look, people are going further and further for a thrill. Mm-hmm. You think almost... That more people would ride it after the news came out that people were breaking their bones. Almost like as a feat of strength. Yeah. Look at how tough I am. Yeah. I rode the <laughs> du de dompa or whatever it's called. <laughs> By the way, I tried to find if to see if that translates into English. Uh-huh. You want to know what du de dompa translates to? Yes. Du de dompa. Oh. <laughs> Same thing. It's not, uh, yeah, I thought it might be Japanese for something. Have you ever been on a coaster where you got those things coming over your shoulders, but you're like a little bit too short for it, so your head is banging, <sighs> boom, 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 the whole time? <laughs> it sounds like a nightmare. No, it's I don't go on worst. roller coasters. Oh my God, it's the worst. Oh, sorry, do da dompa translates to crap my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Doo-doo is the crapping yeah, yeah, yeah. and dompa is the pants. Yeah, is that right? exactly. Okay. That's exactly right. <laughs> Which is exactly what would happen if I got on that roller coaster. <laughs> I would do to dompa. Yes. Well, that's why they call it that. It's Tucker and Mora in the morning. Energy 95.3. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.